This is the InFocus podcast from The Hindu. Hello and welcome to another edition of the InFocus podcast. I am your host G Sampath. Five states are going to the polls this month: Rajasthan, Chhattisgarh, Madhya Pradesh, Telangana and Mizoram. Many observers have taken to referring to these elections as quote unquote the semi-finals before the finals which would be the 2024 Lok Sabha elections. And part of the reason for this characterization apparently is that in three of the states Rajasthan, Madhya Pradesh and Chhattisgarh the polls will see a direct face off between the BJP and the Congress. These are also the first major elections after the formation of the opposition India alliance. So how do the different parties stack up in these various states what does their campaign strategies tell us about their possible approach to 2024 and what is the significance if any of these elections at the national level we discuss all these questions and more in this episode of in focus and we are joined by political scientist rahul verma who is a fellow at the center for policy research new delhi rahul thank you so much for joining us Thank you so much, Sampat, for having me. Rahul, uh, I was thinking. Let's start with uh, Rajasthan. We have seen that the BJP's candidate lists, uh, which have come out so far, have been publicly opposed by party members uh, loyal to Vasundhara Rajay's sort of uh, was loyal to her. So, how serious uh, is this internal friction? Some are calling it a rebellion uh, within the BJP in the Rajasthan unit, and how is it going to affect? the performance of the party in the state elections sampat uh, my take on this would be that uh, rebellion would be a bit exaggerated uh, term to use uh, see all political parties are made up of factions and there is going to be factional competition uh, for one man up, uh, for upmanship and so what you saw within the bjp uh, is also part of normal electoral politics i wouldn't see this as a serious factional uh, tussle uh, can this hurt bjp's chances a little bit yes for sure but i think like in the later rounds uh, the speculation is that more of uh, vasundhara rajay sindhya's uh, loyalist have been accommodated as uh, candidates right so uh, if the bjp wins uh, uh, would it be fair to ass- assume that vasundhara would be the chief ministerial uh, front runner uh i don't know that and the reason is this that bjp has not uh indicated who their chief minister finally is going to be not just in rajasthan but also in madhya pradesh uh and so uh while there is high likelihood uh, of vasundhara raje coming back you cannot rule out change of guard even if bjp comes back to power right and what about the internal factionalism uh, within the congress you know the gelot pilot tensions have been going on for a very long time uh, around the election time there is an effort to project some sort of a unity uh, but we know that uh, the tensions are going to be there and uh, in a recent interview uh, with a paper with the hindu in fact when when, when sachin pilot was asked uh, about the chief ministerial candidate uh, he said you know nothing has been decided it will be decided later so what do you make of the factionalism in the congress uh see uh you know gehlot pilot differences were out there in open for everyone to see uh but 
now the two developments have taken place one at least on paper there have been effort by congress leadership especially from mallikarjun khadge uh, to reach some kind of truce in the run up to assembly election and that what seems to be projected there is internal tension but that internal tension is not going to uh, bring a big harm to the congress party prospects uh, in in rajasthan this is i'm not saying that uh, congress is doing well or bad but basically in some ways uh, pilots rebellion and uh, his diminishing stature after that suggests that pilot alone cannot make a difference to congress party's chances uh, at least for now right and what do you make of uh, this duality uh, which has sort of taken over which has dominated discussions about rajasthan on the one hand you have the congress uh, government's uh, welfare schemes uh, which uh, many have uh, said has had a big response from the public and on the other other side of it you also have this tradition of anti incumbency where the same government doesn't make it back so between these two opposing uh, tensions or contradictions where do you, which way do you think uh, the wind is uh, blowing how do you weigh these two opposing trends together sampath uh, you know like uh, in an extra analysis uh, this is a hazardous thing to do but uh, anyway uh, i'll i'll try to at least hint at what i think is emerging see at in rajasthan one needs to understand that bjp has certain structural advantages and congress face some structural disadvantages let me elaborate on what that is if you look at last few election when bjp wins they win big they will basically cross 125 130 seats and even reach 150 seats whenever congress has formed government at least last two times congress barely managed to touch 100 seats out of 200 meaning that the pool from which congress draws is smaller whereas the pool from which bjp draws its vote is larger so you do have this cycle of uh, anti incumbency but even when bjp loses like last time they managed to get 80 seats and even when congress won they just got to 100 and same had happened even, even in the previous uh, uh, round uh, in in uh, 2003 2008 kind of uh, uh, cycle as well so while gehlot uh, through his welfare schemes is trying to win a section of swing vote which actually moves between uh, you know uh, two parties during uh, elections i'm not sure he would have able to uh, bridge or the structural disadvantage which congress faces but despite the structural advantages which bjp has as you rightly pointed out in your first question there is a greater sort of like tussle uh, within the party over the leadership question at the state level uh, which may put uh, uh, them at some sort of like uh, uh, risky position uh, but that's where we stand bjp has a much better sort of like social base and organizational uh, uh, muscle in rajasthan in comparison to uh, congress and gehlot through his sort of like welfare schemes is trying to overcome that can he that's a question to look forward right i mean that's a very uh, interesting and insightful point uh, rahul thank you for that i really appreciate uh, uh, this nuance you're bringing in here about the bjp having a wider uh, social pool to draw from so to speak compared to the congress which is why there is a clear difference in the margins when uh, either of them uh, make it 
past the finishing line and this repeats itself every time but nonetheless there is another stream of thought i mean one last question on rajasthan before we move to another state uh, there is another stream of thought which sort of seems to suggest that while uh, what you said about the bjp vis-a-vis the congress applies in general uh, this time there seems to be a greater amount of uh, traction for gelot in particular Uh, as apart from the congress as a whole because of what uh, is perceived as his contribution his initiatives especially towards uh, welfareism and so on do you think uh, there is much to be said about this i wouldn't make like oh, maybe a little bit more than the past but anyone who has followed uh, rajasthan elections of last 15 20 years would know a similar thing was said about gehlot even in 2013 and everyone was surprised at the scale of bjp victory right uh, uh, gehlot was even then seen as a uh, sort of a chief minister who had tried to do lot uh, on welfare scheme especially in the health sector and despite that congress was routed and ended up with 2025 seats and so while i see uh, uh, that gehlot in last one one and a half year has tried to create a image of a welfare chief minister uh, i'm not sure it's it is going to be enough uh to uh, uh cross the structural disadvantages that congress faces right i mean it, it, it there is an effort in the direction but you are saying uh, it's not probably uh, adequate to get past uh, to, to sort of get home uh, on the basis of that uh, limited advantage okay let's move on to the next uh, state uh, here which is chatisgarh and i mean there are some reports that you know uh, congress has a clear advantage in this state so what are your what is your sense in terms of the mean the main deciding factors in terms of you know social base uh, voting trends from the past and the mood in the state at the moment so some uh, i think largely the consensus uh, seems to be and even poll numbers have consistently shown that congress has an edge in uh, uh, chatisgarh and the only rider i would put is that everyone uh, or not everyone a lot of people actually thought uh, that uh, congress will basically sweep chatisgarh so that might still happen i don't know uh, but one needs to remember uh, in chatisgarh except the last election most elections in terms of vote shares were very very closely uh, uh, sort of like decided uh, within one one and a half percent uh, uh, vote margin and so while congress has many advantages over bjp in uh, chatisgarh uh, they have a larger uh, social base to draw from one two uh, uh, there were sort of like smaller uh, parties uh, especially in the tribal regions such as the such as uh, uh, ajit jogi's former party which has now uh, been weakened which will give another advantage to congress then in bhupesh baghel uh, congress has got a very very able leadership in chatisgarh uh, and throughout five years he has been sort of like you know uh, on top of uh, certain sort of like welfare policies and programs and those kind of things so definitely looking at Uh, the factors that determine outcome uh, election outcomes congress is placed slightly better than bjp in chatisgarh but will it be complete sweep is it a done deal i think that would be uh, uh, you know I, i my my sense is even if congress wins which is much more likely in chatisgarh the margins are not going to be as big as it was in uh, 2020 2018 
Right. The BJP has also roped in uh, Raman Singh uh, for its campaign. Do you think that that will make any kind of a difference uh, in the in the scheme of things? Uh, unlikely. I think uh, even Raman Singh, like I think I read his statement uh, in one newspaper, I think yesterday or day before where he said, I'm not vying for chief ministership, but if party asks me, I will become. Uh, you know, that it doesn't... Uh, 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 in that sense, sort of like gives one confidence whether this person is leading uh, the charge from the front. Right. Now, now let's come to uh, Madhya Pradesh, uh, where there are several reports that the BJP's high command is sort of losing its grip over the state unit, which uh, many are seeing as sort of divided into three groups, the Chauhan camp, the Sindhya camp, and the third set, which belongs to neither or can go with either, so to speak. So how serious is this uh, rift within the party, given, uh, you know, what we know of the ticket distribution so far, and, you know, the general sort of air of uh, frustration or resentment that we seem to be hearing all the time? See, some of uh, these uh, kind of narratives uh, are uh, making of, like, people like us, right? Uh, Journalists, political pundits, and... Uh, 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 you know, some uh, politicians. At the end of the day, all parties have factions and there is going to be factional competition. One also needs to remember, MP is a very, very uh, uh, sort of crucial uh, state for the BJP, uh, especially because if they lose uh, MP, then there are other, like, you know, there are fewer chances that they're going to win other states. And so losing MP will basically create a very, very negative uh, narrative in the run-up to 2024. So uh, uh, BJP central leadership would certainly try all hands on the deck uh, to win uh, MP. And so when they are making those strategy calls, people like us are going to interpret it differently, right? Everyone will have a different interpretation. For example, when uh, BJP placed uh, eight MPs in its first list to contest and three union ministers. There were some people who said, oh, this is a sign of panic. Whether it's a sign of panic or BJP is actually trying to make sure that the seats that were lost uh, uh, are won and basically holding its uh, uh, MPs and even union ministers accountable that you have to win your seats, right? So, so like you can interpret those things uh, in a way what you want to interpret. Uh, I would rather say BJP uh, in, in Madhya Pradesh. So Madhya Pradesh, I think by every standard, all polls uh, and uh, all kinds of punditry puts uh, MP to be a very, very close contest and no one at the moment wants to uh, predict which way uh, uh, M- wind in MP is blowing. And there are several reasons for it. Uh, uh, and that's why I think it, it is hard to pick what might happen uh, in a month from now in uh, uh, Madhya Pradesh, uh, especially so think of it. Uh, BJP has been there now uh, in power for uh, uh, 20 odd years. And so there is some sort of like, even if the not, uh, I would say, huge level of dissatisfaction, that there is signs of fatigue and especially fatigue with, uh, uh, with, with chief ministers. So what seems to be happening is that Shivraj Chauhan's popularity levels, what it was at the time of 2018, has declined uh, 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 slightly. And that's one reason why perhaps BJP has this sense and they haven't projected him as the chief minister by giving several hints that there are other leaders are also in the fray. 
So what I'm trying to say, BJP has put several cards on the table uh, because they understand it's a difficult state, but it's very, very important uh, for them to win. Uh, will it work in their favor? We don't know at, uh, at this moment, but interpreting uh, uh, the Chauhan camp versus this camp or that camp, I, I think is, is uh, uh, to, to, uh, to taking things too far in BJP. Uh, either it's like, you know, you can't have it both ways, that it's too centralized and is tightly controlled. And then you are saying that factions are running amok. Both things can't uh, exist uh, simultaneously. Right. That is so far as the BJP is concerned. But what about the Congress, uh, Rahul? I mean, uh, Kamal Nath has been sort of running the, running the campaign and there are quite a few interesting uh, uh, interesting issue-based things we have seen. One, of course, is the caste-based census, which they have promised. Then there are the, there is the welfare plank. And then uh, we also have seen uh, indications of some kind of a soft Hindutva thing. Uh, going on uh, with the Kamal Nath campaign, uh, the Congress campaign in Madhya Pradesh. What do you make of the opposition or the Congress campaign strategy leading into the polls? See, I would say in compare, so there are, of course, issues uh, uh, that are available for the opposition and Congress party to be able to effectively use and challenge uh, BJP. And they might be able to defeat also BJP in Madhya Pradesh. Uh, but remember, in 2018, some of these issues were far greater and the level of challenge which Congress was able to put was just to stop BJP from like uh, reaching, uh, uh, the, like the contest was really, really close. It got decided like late in the night. It was so close and, and the vote percentages uh, differences were less than one. So again, I, I think BJP has a slight edge both in terms of social base it draws from and organizational muscle it has in, in Madhya Pradesh. But the weakness of, of BJP in uh, Madhya Pradesh is a fatigue of uh, 20 years of, of government and a chief minister who has been there uh, for, for a large number of years. I wouldn't, you know, because this welfare kind of promises are similar across the board. Uh, uh, if, if other things are working for you, then welfare becomes another catalyst. Welfare promises becomes another uh, a catalyst to bring more additional vote. But promises alone is not going to uh, help you cross the uh, sort of like halfway mark. And this is where I would also like to connect uh, uh, the caste thing. Uh, so uh, Congress, uh, you know, uh, or any party uh, has to realize that they also carry issue reputation by making promises and by using slogans you can't suddenly change your reputation uh, on some question so uh, if, if you want to play the social justice caste card in in, in uh, madhya pradesh your top two leaders uh, can't be upper caste uh, and you can't be allocating same number of tickets to obc as bjp has done you will have to do that far more right so so, so in that sense, what I'm trying to say is that while Congress seems to be building on a narrative of uh, caste senses and social justice and jiski jitni sankhya bhari, those kind of uh, slogans, it's not translating into sort of like uh, visible actions from the party, right? They have to, if you think this should be happening, I'm not saying you like 
you have the project chief minister of that caste or those kind of things. But at least you have to show that you're serious about it. You should have allocated uh, more tickets to uh, OBCs and you should have put some leadership at the forefront in uh, Madhya Pradesh uh, to be able to take advantage of uh, this narrative. Right. I mean, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's an important point, uh, Rahul. I mean, you can't have... Uh... Uh, just a social justice narrative going on unless uh, it is also backed by actions on the ground uh, where the Congress uh, might be seen as a little bit uh, lacking. That's a very uh, good point indeed. Now, moving on to Telangana and uh, Mizoram, uh, what, what, are, what is your sense in these two states? Telangana, I think, has suddenly become uh, interesting. If you had asked me this question three months ago, I think at that point, the consensus seemed to be that three or six months ago, that uh, BRS or TRS is likely to come back. BJP seems to be uh, uh, rising, but it will still remain at number two. And Congress might be close number two or three. What seems to have happened in last six months one after Congress Party's victory in uh, uh, Karnataka and uh, the Bharat Jaro Yatra before that, in some ways has created some positive momentum for the Congress Party in southern part of the country. And Telangana seems to be one of the states where Congress uh, is benefiting from those two events that happened uh, earlier uh, 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 this year. And so now at least there are some conversations happening that Congress is closing the gap uh, with uh, BRS very, very fast and it can actually come close to defeating it. Whether that would happen or not, I'm not sure at the moment, but at least now even the poll numbers have started indicating that BJP for sure is out of the picture, would be a distant third. There is going to be a closer competition between uh, uh, BRS and uh, Congress. Uh, whether BRS will get a consecutive third time victory or Congress will manage to uh, tip the balance, I think uh, that's hard for me to say as I, I haven't uh, done enough uh, sort of like uh, research on Telangana. Uh, and it's, it's not enough research, but it's also to do with like uh, things are changing fast there. Uh, and we don't have uh, uh, sort of like many more indicators to think uh, what might be happening. But yeah, I, I think it's still uh, strong. It won't be easy, especially given Congress Party's history uh, in last few years. Uh, but, you know, the, you never know. Things can you mean the Congress Party's history in terms of a tendency to implode at the finish line? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that of course you will have to wait and see. What, 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 what about your thoughts on Mizoram, Rahul? Is it going to be Zoram Thanga back again, or uh, he's got some younger challenges as well? Yes, I see. I think uh, in, in, in Mizoram uh, uh, there is an interesting development where MNF, while being part of NDA, has tried to distance itself from BJP on certain issues in the run-up to campaign. And I think that has uh, given uh, a sort of like a new lease of life to uh, MNF campaign. They have localized their campaign much more uh, and, and, and tried to distance itself from BJP. So uh, that I, I, I think has uh, is going to keep them in some advantage. 
Right. Now, uh, we've looked uh, sort of very quickly at these five states. I mean, Rajasthan, you've said uh, it's going to be a close call. Chhattisgarh Congress has an edge. Uh, Madhya Pradesh is again is going to be a close. Telangana between BRS and Congress, where Congress has a good chance. And Mizoram uh, could be MNF, which can benefit from distancing itself from the NDA. Now, I was just thinking, you know, in terms of wrapping up these various uh, compartmentalized discussions, I was wondering, uh, should we attach, what kind of significance should we attach to these elections and their outcomes in the context of 2024? Like, are they completely parallel uh, processes which no with no connection or do the do the, the the ones which are happening this month will they have any kind of bearing at all on 2024 some of the way i want to look at it is that it would be conditional so not to say that there is no bearing i think uh, uh, what we tend to do that we tend to think what happens in assembly election should be reflected in Lok Sabha election. And that has not happened in past uh, three election cycles uh, for sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, so in the, not like in a sense like BJP did well in 2013 and also in 2014, but Congress did well uh, in many of these places in 2018, but uh, in 2019 completely sort of like uh, went against them and again voted back uh, 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 BJP to power. So what I would rather like to think uh, about uh, this set of election is depending upon where the uh, which way the results go, it will put some party in advantage and some other alliance in disadvantage in terms of narrative building and the kind of issues that would emerge from these elections uh, uh, to 2024. And it also depends how quickly uh, 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 the the party in power, which is BJP, responds to some of the uh, crises that emerge, and how quickly Congress or opposition lap onto some of the problems that would emerge. So think of it. Uh, if we like, for example, like what do you mean by narrative uh, building advantages? Twenty eighteen, uh, uh, BJP loses Madhya Pradesh, and it realizes that there was some sort of like upper caste uh, backlash. And what they do in January, they bring. Uh, 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 the economic uh, 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 weaker section uh, quota, right? And, and and they use the interim budget of February to announce many sort of like welfare schemes, uh, uh, especially I think uh, PM Kisan was put into place and many other things uh, became uh, rolling. Of course, uh, the Pulwama Bala court might have tilted the final uh, uh, scales in favor of the BJP and like, you know, BJP was anyway ahead uh, but the Pulwama Bala court might have basically polarized things in a way that BJP easily managed to cross the 270 and reached uh, 300 uh, figure. So once the election results uh, come out on December 4, how quickly parties assess what has happened and they do try to take uh, do damage control. See, if the Congress wins the heartland states and does really well in Telangana or wins, I think there will be a momentum in favor of Congress, but we will still be not be able to rule out what would happen in 2024 when PM Modi is going to be on the ticket, whether some of these states will vote like they voted in 2019 or there would be a new pattern emerging. 
But, but is it, isn't the aren't the assembly elections also being fought uh, uh, with PM Modi on the ticket so far as the BJP is concerned? They don't have a same face in most places. But how many times have you seen PM Modi going to Madhya Pradesh uh, this time? Or Chhattisgarh? Right. right? right. Uh, of course, uh, he's the leader of the party. So he will be present on their posters and everything. But I think there is a realization within BJP that uh, Modi's name doesn't carry the same kind of weight in assembly elections, especially after 2019. And, it, and, and, and it's better to be used to its fullest uh, during Lok Sabha uh, elections. Just to, uh, so I said, like, if Congress wins, then uh, we don't know what would happen in 2024. It will still remain an open question with advantage BJP. But if BJP does well and wins three states or even two and, you know, two states and gives a good fight in third and fourth, uh, I think then the Congress story might be seen for 2024. So that's the conditional story of 2023 to 2024. Right. So the Congress would need to win at least uh, three, whereas the BJP would need to win just two uh, to sort of keep the momentum or the advantages uh, uh, healthy for each of these parties. That's a, that's a nuanced point. I will appreciate that. One final question before we wrap up. Uh, coming to this new factor uh, which has emerged this year, which is the India Alliance. Do these polls mean anything at all? Because we know that some of them are fighting as in contesting against each other in some of these uh, seats and constituencies, if not in states. So what does what do these assembly elections mean for the India alliance? Are they experimenting with anything in particular uh, or is it like completely bypassed uh, this factor? So we haven't seen uh, India alliance at work uh, in, in, in this assembly elections, for sure, there have been fissures on the other hand, as you rightly pointed out. And I think the India alliance story in some ways will be determined by uh, the assembly election results and what how would Congress adapt or, or, or read the messages from assembly election. It is very much possible that if Congress does well across uh, uh, these elections, it can actually try to play uh, uh, the natural leader and, 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 and try to basically push, become a pushover. But it can also become benevolent uh, 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 and, and try to accommodate everyone's interest, knowing that now there is a momentum and with everyone along, they can push uh, 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 things in 2024. Uh, but if uh, Congress perform, underperforms in, in these assembly elections, uh, then it would largely become again whether Congress basically, you know, uh, invites everyone and says, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, you guys decide uh, how 2024 elections is going to be fought and we are going to be a happy partner uh, or it, it basically it just uh, becomes sort of like much more marginalized uh, as some of the other parties might think that it, there's no point being with the alliance because it would be a drag in their own home states in 2024. So uh, assembly elections, uh, depending upon the results, all kinds of uh, possibilities may open up and it would depend how parties read and assess the mandate and what their plan for 2024 is going to be. Right. I mean, it, it sort of uh, becomes rather clear uh, now, doesn't it? I mean, the, these elections are going to be really, really critical especially for the parties both with regard to 2024 
and as well as uh, India airlines, and not necessarily for the reasons uh, many of us might assume, but for other reasons, as you rightly explained uh, here. One, of course, you said uh, it would be important from the point of view of uh, assessing the results and doing damage control or course correction if you have not done well and also building on a positive narrative if you have done really well. That is so far as 2024 is concerned and as far as the India Alliance is concerned, a lot is going to depend on whether the Congress performs well, in which case it gets to perform a, a more forefront a leadership role and if it underperforms, it's going to be much more difficult for the Congress to sort of be a proactive uh, entity in the alliance and might even be perceived as a drag by some of the other constituents. Thank you so much, Rahul, for explaining many of these uh, various factors and aspects which are sort of it at play uh, in these elections. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sampad. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.